I'm Carol Joy Side, and welcome to the Homeschool Made Simple podcast. You're listening to episode nine. This is a podcast to help you homeschool simply, inexpensively, and enjoyably. Well, we're doing a series on building a library, and now I'm taking you into the inner sanctum where I keep my very most precious books. I'm going to start um, at the top with the Jan Karen books, starting with At Home in Mitford. Jan was an advertising executive who decided that she had a novel in her, and we're so glad she did. She's written many, many novels. There are seven, I believe actually nine, in the Mitford series, and then she started another series as well. Um, So these books are what I call a vacation in a book. If you're looking for something light, clean, edifying, funny, spiritual, you will love her books. So I think one of my favorites is A Light in the Window. Um, I love them all. And when they were written, we had to wait sometimes two or more years in between titles. So you all are living in the promised land if you can just go to the library and listen to them one after another. They're also delightful on tape. And there is a gentleman who... um, So the books are about... Um, an Episcopal pastor named Father Tim living in a little town modeled after Blowing Rock, North Carolina. Uh, In the books, it's called Mitford. And it's about Father Tim's life and all the relationships he has in that town. And I won't ruin the story for you, so I'm not going to give you any more detail than that. But I just want you to know that People with, you know, double PhDs love them and people who don't even have a high school education love them. They're just delightful, lighthearted, well-written books and they get better and better as they go. So her name is Jan Karen, spelled K-A-R-O-N. And her first book was At Home in Mitford. And then I want to share with you uh, three books that, probably, well, I know they're in my top five of all books that I've ever read. I call them one book because they were subsequently put under one cover, but they actually came out in three parts. The first book is called The Hawk and the Dove. The Hawk and the Dove was written by Penelope Wilcock, W-I-L-C-O-C-K. And The Hawk and the Dove is set in the Middle Ages in a monastery in Britain. And again, I don't want to ruin the story for you, but it revolves around the life of a gentleman named Columba. And you just have to read it to know that I give this book to everyone, all ages, all beliefs, And they always say the same thing. That is the best book I've ever read in my life. And I agree. And it is. The second book was called The Wounds of God. The Wounds, like a wound in your hand. The Wounds of God. And the third was called The Long Fall. So The Hawk and the Dove, The Wounds of God, and The Long Fall. All the same characters in the same setting you will laugh out loud in places. People have told me that they've laughed out loud on trains and embarrassed themselves, but you will definitely cry. 
and um, you won't be the same after you read these books and you'll see why anyone who reads them is passionate about them then an author that had a huge influence on my life growing up uh, in a little kind of a short but meaningful connection was uh, or is an author named Jean G-E-N-E Jean Stratton Porter Jean Stratton Porter is a woman and her name was actually Geneva but in the days in which she wrote it wasn't acceptable for women to write books so she had to kind of masquerade a little bit uh, and changed her her first name for writing purposes she's probably best known for her book A Girl of the Limberlost and that was the book that had the impact on me growing up when I was a child I was a voracious reader and no one in my family was and so one day I had the flu and I begged my mom to please go to the library and get me something to read and she you would have thought I asked her you know for a really big sacrifice because she wasn't a person who went to the library she was too busy working in our house um, ironing sheets and things of that nature but she went to the library and she came back with a green book and she handed it to me and she said this is a book that I loved when I was your age and I was like what <gasps> my mother read a book of course my mother is a very very highly educated woman but she never sat down long enough to read in the years that I knew her and so I read the book and I loved it I used to read all the time but I was just reading such dumb things because no one was guiding me and so I spent the rest of my life of course the book went back to the library and I spent the rest of my life looking for, for that book and trying to reconnect with it finally through reading an Edith Schaefer book she mentioned Jean Stratton Porter being one of her favorite authors and that was it I found my twin separated from birth and the rest of the story is that of course Jean Stratton Porter wrote many books let me tell you what my favorites are Laddie is semi-autobiographical Jean Stratton Porter was raised in a very very large family in Indiana and her father memorized the entire Bible literally except for the begats which he said were not worth his brain power he would travel around uh, by invitation to churches and places and people would say second Samuel and off he'd go and he would just start at the beginning and recite the entire book from memory oh my goodness he was a farmer and had a very large family and a very successful farmer and the book Laddie is based on Jane Stratton Porter's childhood and of course she is the little girl in the book called little sister by her big brother Laddie I also love the prequel to Girl of the Limberlost, which is called Freckles. And um, it is unique in its character. Stand, the standards of character that are exhibited in Gene Stratton Porter's books. I like to go on record saying if you have to pay your children $100 to read them, do it. It'll be the best money you've ever spent. I really love Keeper of the Bees. And I think in my opinion that is her masterpiece Michael O'Halloran is also very much worth reading so please read her books and read them over and over again read them out loud read them to your spouse read them to your children give them as gifts then I would be remiss if I didn't mention my friend Jane 
Jane Austen is considered to be the greatest author of all time. And my favorite books by her are Persuasion and Emma. Persuasion and Emma. But of course, she wrote six books, among them Pride and Prejudice and several others. But once you read Jane, she will spoil you for all other fiction because she was a master at writing and all of our lives are changed because of Jane. Um, I mentioned George MacDonald earlier, but I didn't mention some of his children's books. And um, I consider these some of the very, very richest books for children ever written. Um, probably his masterpiece is At the Back of the North Wind. And I'd love you to track down an edition illustrated by Jesse Wilcox Smith. And then she also illustrated his book, The Princess and the Goblin. The Princess and the Goblin. The sequel to it, The Princess and Curdie, she did not sadly illustrate, but still worth reading. Not as great as the first two, but still a very, very good book. Um, a, an author that I just get a big kick out of, uh, particularly in this one title, is um, an Indiana author. And she went on to write lots of kind of silly books, but this is a book by Emily Kimbrough. Emily Kimbrough, and the name of the book is How Dear to My Heart. And it's a true description of her childhood growing up in Muncie, Indiana. And again, just a fun book that you can laugh out loud while you read it. And um, just a little picture of history. But Saving the Best for Last... Um, well, no, there are two, two people I want to talk about. One is Rumer Gooden. I know that's a crazy name. Her name is spelled R-U-M-E-R, Rumer, and then Gooden is G-O-D-D-E-N, Rumer Gooden. She also, and you might start to see a pattern in my life, was raised in India uh, as an expat during the British Raj, and she wrote some amazing books. I would say my favorite of all of her books is In This House of Breed, B-R-E-D-E, set in a convent. Uh, not particularly a spiritual book, but just an understanding of the inner workings and interrelationships of a group of people living together, which I think is so uh, valuable and fruitful. Then uh, my other, I mean, I love a lot of her books, but I loved China Court, and then I love The Dark Horse, um, The Battle of the Villa Fiorita, The Green Gage Summer, and one of my very favorite books of hers, which is on all my book lists that I give you, is An Episode of Sparrows, An Episode of Sparrows. That is a book you could read with your preteens or teen, probably more like teenagers, but it's it's not really a juvenile book, but the star of the book is a little girl, a very determined little girl. And then the best for last is the author Elizabeth Googe. Uh, her name is spelled G-O-U-D-G-E, Elizabeth Googe, or in England they pronounce it Goose. And Elizabeth Googe was homeschooled, can't you tell, and never married and wrote some of my favorite books in the whole world. Probably the book I'd like to be buried with is her juvenile book, A City 
of Bells. It's set in a fictional town called Torminster, which is one of the cathedral towns based on the town Elizabeth Googe was raised in, which was Wells, near Wells Cathedral in England. A City of Bells never, ever disappoints. I read it over and over again. I've read it with my granddaughter and she kicks her feet with glee. She loves it so much. And then the other masterpiece that I consider she wrote for children is The Little White Horse. The Little White Horse, which G.K. Rowling, interestingly, considers her favorite book. I was very intrigued by that. Uh, Then there are other books about Henrietta from the City of Bells. So there's Henrietta's House or These High Blue Hills, I believe it's called. Two different titles for the same book, the British title and the American title. And also The Sister of the Angels, which is a Christmas story that I love about Henrietta and Grandfather. And I won't spoil it by telling you more about it. Um, If you could read some adult books by her, she's probably best known for Green Dolphin Street. But my favorite books would be probably The Heart of the Family Trilogy, which contains three books, The Bird in the Tree, The Pilgrim's Inn, also called The Herb of Grace, and The Heart of the Family, which is the third book. Um, Very, very deep, spiritually minded, almost mystical in her writing. Um, I read them over and over again because of the quality of her insight into human nature, her ability to flesh out characters so that you feel like you know these people intimately. Um, The Rosemary Tree is another book about a British, uh, an Anglican pastor and his wife and their family. Castle on the Hill, set during the bombing of England. Uh, Wonderful book. I love it. So The Scent of Water, one of my very most beloveds of hers, about a woman who inherits a country home from a great aunt that she'd only met once. And she gives up her very established, um, financially secure life in London, sells everything, gives everything away, and goes and lives in this very decrepit country house. And it's kind of a theme of Elizabeth Googe's where she takes people into situations where, as she would say in Britain, they make their soul. Uh, she also she wrote many, many, many books. I Saw Three Ships is a great juvenile book that you'll love. She wrote lots of um, short stories. But she is an author that you can read at different times of your life and, and receive something different from than the time you read before. And it just it just is so rewarding to read her books. I want to talk about a few books for adults um, as you raise your children. One, a book called Glow Kids by Nicholas Cardaris. I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. Nicholas Cardaris. Uh, Glow, like the glow of a light. It's on technology, how screen addiction is hijacking our kids, and how to break the trance. There are many good books on that subject, but I think his is top-notch. 
And then if you want books to really inspire you in parenting, I would say For the Family's Sake would be my first choice. It just, uh, by Susan Schaefer Macaulay, it just spreads a banquet of richness for you as you're raising young children. And of course, the apple didn't fall from the far from the tree because Susan is the daughter of Edith Schaefer, who I'm going to be doing a podcast on in the f- near future. Edith influenced me almost more than anyone else. And her two books that influenced me the most, although I've read, I think, pretty much everything she ever wrote, she wrote about 20 books. But What is a Family and the Hidden Art of Homemaking? What is a Family and the Hidden Art of Homemaking? And then some other books on parenting um, would be, and, you know, homeschooling and that type of thing would be For the Children's Sake, which is Susan Schaefer Macaulay's uh, kind of uh, redefining Charlotte Mason. Uh, Susan and her husband discovered Charlotte Mason when their children attended a one-room schoolhouse in London that made her children come home with shining eyes, as she says. And they went and found used Charlotte Mason books and would read them out loud at night in bed. And that was the beginning of a wonderful journey for all of us as parents and homeschoolers. Also, if you want a book that will inspire you to read to your children and to read out loud, Honey for Child's Heart by Gladys Hunt, and The Gift of Music by Smith and Carlson will get you very, very excited about the history of music and what that looks like uh, for people of faith. Also, Books Children Love by Elizabeth Wilson is another reading list with about a thousand books that they have pre-read, pre-vetted, so that they've done a lot of the hard work for you. You don't have to break up the cement for yourself. I don't know if many of you are aware of a book that I just think is adorable. It's called The Reading Promise, My Father and the Books We Shared by Alice Ozma. O-Z-M-A, not her real name, but the name her father gave her from their literary pursuits. She and her father determined that they were going to read a thousand books out loud, and they did, and they read her entire childhood, and it is just the sweetest story of a dad and his daughter and the bond that they received from reading out loud together. Um, If you could only read one book on homeschooling, I'd like you to read Better Late Than Early. If you could read two, uh, then I'd suggest you also read The Successful Homeschool Family Handbook. If you've been to my seminars, you know how passionately I feel about the outdoors and children. And I like to say, throw your children outside, lock the door, and wave through the window. And that your children need to be outdoors in nature at least four hours a day and then people always faint and cry but then I send them to a book that I want you all to promise me you will read it's by Richard Louvre and it's called The Last Child in the Woods Richard Louvre L-O-U-V The Last Child in the Woods or the subtitle is Saving Our Children from Nature Deficit Disorder Saving Our Children from Nature Deficit Disorder. I want to share a few key nature books for you. 
um, before we close. One is the American Boys Handybook. It's published by Godin, and it was written by Daniel Beard at the turn of the century. He was the founder of the American Boy Scout movement. And then the sequel to it, the Field and Forest Handybook. Both of those are key. And then if you're wanting your children to begin loving, growing things, I'd recommend a book called Roots, Shoots, Buckets, and Boots. Roots, Shoots, Buckets, and Boots by Lovejoy. Uh, She will get your kids excited about growing things and nature. And then if you're wanting to encourage your children to do nature notebooks, uh, you might consider Keeping a Nature Journal by Leslie. Keeping a Nature Journal by Claire Leslie Uh really explains what a nature journal looks like and how it can um, give your children investment in nature. Um, I'm going to be talking about children's books in our next podcast. So I'm going to close with two books for you as adults. One is How Should We Then Live, which is Dr. Schaefer's, I think, um, crowning achievement, The Rise and Decline of Western Thought and Culture. How Should We Then Live by Dr. Francis Schaefer. And then a book that is kind of a partner book to that book, The History of Literature for Christians, and it's called Invitation to the Classics. Invitation to the Classics by Cowan and Guinness. And Os Guinness was someone that Francis Schaeffer mentored and discipled, and you can see his footprints, handprints, all over Invitation to the Classics. And it will start you out at Homer and Aeschylus and end with Solzhenitsyn, giving you a history of Western civilization basically through literature. It's a book that every family needs to own and every child needs a copy to take with them as they leave for college. Also, if you want to expose your children to art, I like to put all the art books in the same part of the house, in the same bookshelf. And a book that children should grow up with is by Piero Ventura, V-E-N-T-U-R-A, Piero Ventura, and his book, Great Painters, where he does these little cartoon drawings around the actual piece of art. So your children grow up with this, but don't consider it highbrow or intimidating. It's just like a great comic book for for children. Um, Also for history, I'd love you to own some timeline books. I love Bernard Grun's, G-R-U-N, Bernard Grun's Timetables of History. And I love Winston Churchill's History of the English-Speaking Peoples. The History of the English-Speaking Peoples by Winston Churchill. Also, Peter Marshall and David Manuel did some amazing books on the founding of our country, starting with The Light and the Glory. The sequel was From Sea to Shining Sea. And the third and final book was Sounding Forth the Trumpet. I wish they'd write more. I think we should all write them love letters and tell them, please, please continue on. And I'm going to close with a little book that I think is really worth its weight in gold. It's out of print. Um, It's called History's Timeline. Now, the beginning of it is ridiculous. So you just have to ignore the first four 
pages or whatever about, you know, who knows what kind of evolutionary thing. But um, if you can get a hold of this book, I'm going to give you the ISBN. It's 0-5-1-7-3-4-0-0-0-3. And it is so helpful if you're using my pink sheets in your um, educational journey with your children. It gives you such a rich little kind of skeleton to build uh, your curriculum upon. So um, we're going to move on to children's books in our next podcast, but I thought first we should lay the foundation for your library, for yourselves, and then we can talk about your children's as well. Thanks for joining me this week on the Homeschool Made Simple podcast. If you like what you heard in this episode, I'd appreciate a rating and review on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help too. Visit my website, caroljoyside.com. Carol with an E at the end and side is spelled S-E-I-D. Caroljoyside.com to subscribe to the monthly newsletter and receive exclusive discounts in my online store where seminars and interviews are available. Be sure to tune in next week for my next episode where, where I help you homeschool simply, inexpensively, and enjoyably. Blessings.